Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And apologies for missing last week, but that actually wasn't my fault this time. Yeah, it was mine, but it was cool. <laughs> well, uh, because of that, we're actually going to be doing a two-part episode uh, this week, back-to-back, live. You'll obviously get it on demand uh, pretty quickly after that, so... Here on this first part, we're going to cover quite a few things from the week previous and then throw in some things that kind of correlate with this week as well in there. Um, So we'll be talking about that Xbox Developer Direct. I played uh, Hi-Fi Rush, so I'll get to talk about that. Mark's been playing Primal of Engage. He'll talk about that. We'll uh, give our thoughts on some other things uh, Xbox-related as well. And... We'll do that right after this. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. And, well, to get this out of the way really quickly here, uh, just letting you know we are officially part of uh, last word on gaming once again they actually have a podcast summer that starts pretty much the moment you're going to be hearing this it'll be the first episode of video games to the max on the now officially dubbed last word on sports podcast network uh last word on gaming is part of that uh, i recently started putting the podcast the last episode of the podcast is on the website again for last word on gaming so um i'm doing reviews there still there's guides for a lot of different games on there as well, so you can go check out. Uh, we're still part of the W2 Network YouTube channel. And, of course, again, just really quickly, remember there's no more W2 Network feed. You can only subscribe to us through Video Games to the Max, which you should go do if you want to listen on audio. Uh, we are pretty much everywhere there are podcasts. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Our Radio, Google Pods, uh, wherever you listen. Podcast Addict is what I use, but I'm sure you use something else. We're on there. Subscribe give us a review uh give us a five stars whatever you feel is necessary on there again if you want to watch on demand on video you can see our uh my face and and hear mark talking on video as well and you also hear you know see me put up trailers and stuff for the games we talk about so there is a uh, positive thing to watch on video as well as it comes out first on youtube and all the other streaming places whether it's w2 network facebook youtube twitch uh twitter and wherever else and then it comes out on on audio so video is the quickest way to get us i've been trying to lower that how quickly how quickly it has not been on audio but sometimes i can't help but things happen either way let's get going with this episode here and i guess we'll start out with some playstation news because in a couple of days you'll be able to play the games that are available as part of the essential part uh, PlayStation Plus, which there's some pretty good games here uh, this for this month. You get Oli Oli World, which is a sequel to the Oli Oli franchise, and it was one of the best indie games of last year. I'm actually um, excited to be able to play this finally. I've heard a lot of good things about it. There was a glowing review of it on Last Run on Gaming last year. Um, and then you get Mafia Definitive Edition, which is the remake of the first Mafia game. Uh, the newest expansion for Destiny 2, we know PlayStation for a long time has had, you know, <clears throat> marketing rights for Destiny 2. And to be able to give you that newest expansion in the PlayStation Plus uh, essential tier is pretty great right there. So if you're a big Destiny 2 fan and you already have all the other uh, stuff that goes on with Destiny 2, you can play this right there. And then, of course, you get the Evil Dead, uh, the game that that's the 4v1 thing, right? Yep. So. Yep. Although it does have like some single player component to it, I think also. Hey, there you go. A positive for you folks uh, like us that are not the biggest multiplayer uh, game fans there. So pretty good month. I mean, anything you might be want to check out or. I'll probably try give that Mafia game uh, maybe a look at some point or I'll just add it to my profile and never, never remember to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of really quick, because talking about, uh, putting stuff in or for oh, getting to claim things, you still have some time. 
But May 9th will be the last day that you can claim the games that are part of the PS Plus collection. Now, obviously, some of these games like Persona 5 and uh, The Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted uh, 4, things like that, you might already have. So it doesn't really matter whether you claim them or not. But if there are games on there, even if you necessarily don't see yourself playing them, they're free right now. Go ahead and claim them, and they will basically just be like other games that you add on PlayStation Plus. If you don't add them after May 9th, so unfortunately anybody that buys a PlayStation 5 after May 9th and you know gets PlayStation Plus with it, you will not no longer be able to download or have added to your library the games that are part of the PlayStation Plus collection. And there's a lot of great games on there, especially if you buy a PS5 and you didn't own a PS4, which according to Sony, there's 30% of PS5 users that have never owned a PS4, uh, go do that now. Um, now, technically, you do have to own a PS5. So if you know a friend that owns a PS5 and you want to put their profile on it really quick and uh, download all the games, you can do that. So maybe it's something you want to think about. If you want to own a PS5 in the future and you didn't own a PS4, you don't have any of these games, if you have a friend... Um, go and uh, put your profile on their PS5 really quick and get these before uh, you're no longer able to do so. Yeah, I, I have two thoughts on this. One is it, it's a lot like this uh, 3DS ambassador program. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. Only this actually like, lasted a while. Yeah, uh, I think the, the having a console shortage probably helped a lot. And so wh- why it lasted longer than it probably would have. Well, I assume it's just like a rights issue or, you know, but also like how many of this stuff have you ever actually touched? Well, I mean, I've played quite a bit of Persona, played, um, I played some of The Last Guardian. There's quite a few on there I've played. It's just, you know, not everything is necessarily appealing to me. Yeah. Uh, But, but yeah. I I I think I added all this stuff like originally back in the day and then I looked it up like, I already played like persona five and that's all i kind of cared about (laughs) well bloodborne's on there too right yeah that's also been a part of ps now or you know so yeah that yeah yeah. that's been a part of uh, playstation plus before right right uh, yeah as well but yeah definitely you know this is something you definitely want to go and check out uh, before it is gone uh so and we talked about things that you know maybe ending rather soon something that we know is coming actually pretty quickly i didn't expect that we're going to have this uh next iteration of the wwe games uh that quick but march 17th we're getting wwe 2k23 uh for the current consoles the last gen consoles and pc Uh, and you can also do their you know get one of the premium versions and you get the early access like three days earlier as well has been has been a pretty normal thing. Uh, you can get Bad Bunny. Of course, that's that's the same Bad Bunny that I get on Star. Uh, if you pre-order, so that, that's so. different from the Easter Bunny, the character they had before, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know the multi uh, multi platinum recording artist Bad Bunny. So that uh, th- there's actually a 2K showcase this year that features John Cena. Uh, which I'm sort of interested in. So color me sort of excited because uh, John Cena, as much as you know, you whether you love him or hate him, he definitely had an interesting career. And then they added a War Games uh, mode, which they showed off some gameplay for already. So if you're even interested sort of in how they would do War Games in the next 2K game, you can actually go watch that right now. Forget that. Uh, they need a John Cena r- rapping mi- rhythm game instead. <laughs> And the War Games mode does offer like 3v3 and 4v4 uh, matches. So that's, of course, that one where you have the two rings that are next to each other, which WCW made famous, obviously, and then WWE has used because it <laughs> uh, well, no, WWE uses it now. They just, uh, of course, they're the victors and this whole thing. So they get to rewrite history as they always tend to do. But yeah, I mean, that's cool that it's happening. It looks like it's going to have some interesting modes. Hopefully the other stuff that was in 2K22 still comes back as well, like the GM mode and all that stuff. Uh, So 
to make it an even better game because they had a resurgence last year after <laughs> what was 2020 and everything before that. So hopefully this keeps keeps rolling for them uh, at least. And since we're already on the wrestling theme, Mark, AEW Fight Forever apparently is having some issues with the ESRB due to rating. Um, so right now, All Elite Wrestling uh, Fight Forever does not have an actual firm release date. Of course, this yeah. is published by THQ Nordic. So, um, yeah, they are trying to get a teen rating, but they have a lot more gore than you normally see in the WWE games uh, and blood as well. So, yeah, uh, that's probably going to cause an issue there. I'd be kind of curious if they could somehow swing it to like make the blood and uh, that stuff like DLC. I wonder how that would work. Yeah, could you do that? Like, I'm not, you, here's the blood, the blood DLC for five bucks or whatever. So yeah, because DLC technically usually doesn't get rated. Yeah. So could they do that and then not cause a problem with somebody? I mean, especially like this is wrestling. I think most people know uh, if you're buying a wrestling game, there's blood in wrestling. So it, even if WWE tries to not promote that much at all, it's still a part of wrestling's history. So. Maybe that's something they could swing. I'm just putting in this DLC. I don't know that anybody's going to be like, I'm not buying that game because it doesn't have blood either. So if that's really what's preventing it from getting the teen rating, maybe the AEW folks need to rethink this. Right. Uh, quite frankly. But I mean, I still, yeah. even, if it's, even if it's stripped out the blood, I just, I just don't want to play that game instead of the WWE game just because it's something new and hopefully different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this hopefully... It's actually good, right? Um, and it does provide the WWE games to competition and yep. not something that we're going to wind up just writing off as, a, well, okay, it was a nice freshman effort, but... Like that you know, uh, TNA game like 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Yeah, that's what was weird. That, that Impact game was great as far as like the way the wrestlers looked and everything. It's just the actual gameplay. Yeah, uh, wasn't good. So, and of course, that's what matters in wrestling games. Is it doesn't matter how great the wrestlers look, if they don't, if it's not fun, I don't care. That's like every WWE game ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, let's not count No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000. Well, like, uh, like modern game, let's say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had some great ones, but yeah, for the most part, there have been a lot more stinkers in the WWE games. It's all about category. how Triple H's hair looks. So, <laughs> definitely, and having four versions of Triple H—that's that's what's important, right? Uh, right. At the end of the day. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, we've talked about this game a few times. Um, this Lord of the Rings Gollum game—I feel like it keeps coming up. Uh, I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gets delayed and then nothing happens with it. And uh, it's not really an Embracer group joint. It's a, you know, Nacon joint. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably part of it as well. Now it's apparently coming out during the six months ending in September 2023, which really doesn't give you much of a window there. <laughs> but sure. Um they Dalek just kind of announced that it's not coming out in April and that's it. And I don't know. Every time I see this game, I'm really not super interested. Yep. Um, it's, it's not something that's like going, making me go. Yeah. Of all the things that we could do with Lord of the Rings, this is it. Uh, I'm sure there's someone that's actually really interested in this game and is looking forward to it coming out, but just wanted to mention that it's basically been delayed again. Yeah. Uh, if you know, you didn't know that, already and just to get to this before we get to all the xbox stuff really quick uh so this was sort of like an xbox week for the most part and this sort of tangentially isn't you know t attached to them because high on life was on game pass and uh was received huge aplomb uh because it was on game pass the game necessarily uh wasn't always well received by everyone it was one of those like oh it's funny but then the mechanics of it aren't great. Unfortunately, this is not the thing that we're really talking about. We're not talking about the game here. We're talking about Rick and Morty creator Justin Voiland has resigned from Squanch Games uh, due to his um, allegations of domestic violence 
and he's actually facing those charges currently. So at least he takes his name off this studio and and doesn't involve them in what he has going on, but still not great. And yeah, Oops. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a shame, and but they'll you know kind of just ignore him and go from there. Yeah, we'll see what that means i mean i guess that means they would they wouldn't could they keep using like let's say if they wanted to make a high on life too where does that put things if um, you know i mean it puts it in a beginner whoever they get to replace them in rick and morty they'll just do, they'll do it instead yeah perhaps uh maybe just move on and do something original that doesn't involve him at all so you don't have that stigma as well Right. Um, hopefully it doesn't affect Squanch games uh, any more negatively, like, say, the things that we've already been seeing with layoffs and all that stuff. I really don't want to see any more of that happen. Unfortunately, it probably will, considering the, the climate that we're in right now. But yeah. hopefully they can keep going and just make other things. Uh, aside from just improving high on life, they can uh, make other games uh, in the future there. Sure. Uh, also, both sort of related to each other. You had uh, Activision Blizzard settled one of their cases. Uh, I think it's for like thirty-five million. Yeah, but they still uh, they still say they did nothing wrong. So, well, of course, I mean they're still not going to admit the fact that they they were the ones that did wrong in this situation. Um, apparently, they still haven't learned from any of this because. Uh, a manager of Blizzard, uh, Brian Birmingham, who's been the lead software engineer of Blizzard for 17 years. This is not some Johnny come lately. This is 17 years, folks. Uh, was not happy with the company's appraisal system. Uh, they use some kind of stack ranking that evaluates staff. And this requires managers to grade staff on a curve. So... Blizzard managers reportedly had to give low scores to around 5% of employees who would miss out on profit-sharing bonus money and be less likely to be considered for promotion. Uh, according to Bloomberg, Birmingham was forced to lower an employee's rating for successful to developing in order to meet a quota. Um, I mean, that's not totally uncommon in the actual real-life work world, uh, I, but I, it's – yeah. His problem was like even if even if like everyone is on their A game, that he still has to like rank people low or some, certain people yeah. low. Like so some like, people cannot uh, meet the quota to get. Like you have to have people that are not going to meet it, even though they do. Right. Which that's stupid. But uh, gonna be honest, there. Unfortunately, Activision Blizzard is probably not the only company that does something terrible like this. Uh, yeah. It doesn't make it right. I'm just saying I've worked in enough corporate places that this is not very totally uncommon, that you're going to find people that you're probably not giving them the highest score or the highest rating or whatever because you don't want to be giving everybody a bonus or everybody something. Um, right. Not Not saying that I support that practice. But I'm just saying, I, I've seen it happen. Um, and then what's stupid is that they don't really give them a reason why they had to do it. Just, you have to. <laughs> like, uh, and that's also corporate speak. Like, hey, you know what? We don't really have to explain why you have to do this. Just do it. Okay? <laughs> like, um, a lot of times when you ask a question, they're like, let me get back to you. And then you'll notice that it's just nobody ever gets back to you. So <laughs> you get your answer right there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess good to see that Actors of Blizzard settle one of their cases, but... Until they get hit with another um, wrong yeah, that, case. <laughs> that, that is just going to keep going. That That's not... I'm pretty sure if, when uh, they actually get acquired into Microsoft, that's probably still going to happen. Right. Um. But I mean, who knows? The the EU is now, uh, you know, issued them some kind of antitrust warning. So we'll see how that goes. Apparently now 
Rumors have come out that the FTC filed that lawsuit to prevent the EU from coming to a settlement proposal. So this is probably going to go for the long haul. I think that prediction a lot of people uh, seem to keep having of this is not going to probably end this year keeps seeming more and more likely every time I get into a website. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter because Microsoft has other things. Uh, Xbox has other things that they need to figure out. Um, At least they gave us some good information on this developer direct that they had. But before we get to that really quick, all right, I guess I shouldn't say really quick. Let's get to some stories that are around it that are a bit uh, more new before we, we get to that actual developer direct and what was announced there. Uh, the coalition apparently also suffered layoffs as part of the Microsoft layoffs thing. It wasn't just 343. And yeah. they actually had two of their games canceled. Uh, and now they're apparently working on Gear 6. So they had two of those games canceled, which... Again, sucks to see that they had to have games canceled to now get to Gear 6, but as a Gears fan, I'm not going to say that I'm c- complaining about it or anything. Well, it's uh, just kind of weird because it's been, it's been a long time since Gears 5 came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, three years or so. Th- yeah, three or four years now since then. So, yeah, it, I mean, imagine, it's... Like, actually, well, it's been four years, and you have to imagine, like... You know, it'll take at least one or two years for this thing to come out. Yeah, Maybe depending five, on five, how long in development they are. Yeah, probably this. longer, you know. So it'll probably be at least six years before Gear 6 comes out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I really enjoyed Gears 5. Uh, so whatever direction they're going to take the series with Gear 6, I'm totally down with that. Um, I'm totally willing to wait, just... Who knows? It would it would be cool to find out what they were working on instead of this. Um, but you knew it had to come eventually. Like Gears has become one of their bigger franchises. Uh, yeah. I would say it's definitely more important to them than Halo right now. Uh, so at least in that it's I, been successful. I don't know about right? that because Gears four and five didn't set the world on fire. Well, I mean. You had Game Pass at that point, so it wasn't probably going to set the world on fire as far as... But it, Gears 4 did really well critically, and I think Gears 5 did well critically. It's just, uh, you know, there's other games that came out during those years that I think overshadowed it. Yeah. Uh, certainly, but, I mean, either way, it, it, well, that uh, the strategy game notwithstanding, because... No, Tactics did I, well. Or yeah, people like that one. It's Gears Five right. that failed spectacularly. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting Gears Pop to, to I mean, do well. Here, here's the thing: if yeah. it had been like a full console game, like like like, like a Lego game, that probably would have done pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> but no, some half-assed mobile game that no one cared about. Yeah, didn't understand that uh, on that end, but you know that. It was kind of like Funko's first right. game. So I don't know if they're really making mobile games or whatever. I'm out of that kind of thing. But still, I mean, Gears of War has sold over like 20, 20 there are 22 million units. It's grossed over a billion dollars. Um, you know, they've they now have a thing with Netflix where they're going to do a live action movie and supposedly an animated series as well. Um so they're trying to branch this off into its own kind of media landscape thing. I, yeah. yeah. Will it work? Probably not. <laughs> I think it could work more than say like the Halo season one worked. So yeah, I, it's, they, just a, it's just a movie, not nine episodes of a TV show. <laughs> well, the animated show is there. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Animated shows don't count because they can literally do whatever they, you know. Right, they of, can do whatever they actor. want. Yeah, so who cares about that? <laughs> well, it'll still be interesting to see if it's good. You can still have a bad animated show. I mean, right. Look at look at uh, the Cyberpunk animated show. What that did for helping Cyberpunk you know, resurge uh, when people thought all was lost. That anime really helped people get back into that series and 
give the game a chance again. Not saying that an animated series is going to do that for Gears. Um, it'll yeah. be funny if they try to recast uh, Marcus Phoenix. Hey, why not? Why not let Batista do it again? Why? Right? I mean, no, that's. I was making a joke about how they tried to yeah. recast Bender and Futurama. Yeah, which they could. No, they can't. <laughs> well, I mean that they they could do it because it's a different medium, right? If they want to, right? Uh, you know the the live action thing. We'll we'll see who they wind up casting as who, or if I, I'm assuming they have to go with the original Gears cast, or maybe both of them. Who knows? I mean, we have had Marcus show up since you know we went on to four, five, and six, so it's not out of the realm that they just have it be the later years but we'll see when they No, when they i think to you got to do those that that original squad or some variation of it because no one cares about his yeah. kid and then the girl <laughs> uh his kid i would agree i don't think that no one cares well, about the girl kate is the, the girl yeah. I, think, I don't know i don't know the girl's name but yeah she, she's kind of interesting but you still need like a basis of like a framework or like a launching pad yeah. for this world I mean, it can't be her she's tied in way into the world so that's true uh, i mean i i think Kate, kate's a great character but they they would probably go with the original series or original characters just because people know them more right and so uh, gender swap of one character uh <laughs> let's not get into that <laughs> what uh what they're gonna wind up doing with all that uh wouldn't be surprised they do but that's just the way of tv uh at this point because oh, it's uh yeah. Marcus, Dom, Baird, Cole, Cole. What's the fourth? Yeah. Well, isn't it one of them? Oh, it's Baird who's the who's always the masked one. Yeah. So, so now that'll be a woman, but she just never talks. Right. <laughs> just like uh, Phasma and Star Wars. Like, it wouldn't be wrong there. <laughs> and probably, I mean, at least Gears has good stuff going on about it. But as we talked about last week or the last time we did a show, I'm sorry, Halo just does not right now. Uh, everything about Halo is uh, negative, um, whether it's them having to, Microsoft having to come out or Xbox having to come out and basically say that 343 is still going to be developing Halo and um, that, you know, we shouldn't be writing them off. But they're basically going to uh, sunset what seems like they're they're sunsetting that there's no more there's no story dlc plans for halo infinite um i i, I got a brilliant idea you know because they're talking about 343 is still going to be involved in making the game but they they, they said they're going to farm it out also yeah how about you ring back bungie uh well <laughs> They kind of can't. So no, no, I just pay Sony a bunch of money. But like, here, you you develop it instead. We can't. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be something? We'll we'll, we'll give you Call of Duty for another ten years. <laughs> yeah, if you let Bungie come back and do Halo one more time, we'll let you have Call of Duty for yeah, exactly <laughs> for fifteen years. Why not? Um, but yeah, I just. I actually like the Halo Infinite campaign a lot, so it was ups- it's upsetting to hear that there was never going to be uh, DLC for this um, because it was clearly left off in a way that made it feel like it was. Uh, this might be them saying that because they know that they really can't feasibly do that when they're having to switch the whole series over to unreal because slip space has just become untenable at, at this point to the fact that they have two modes that are basically almost ready to go, but because of their problems with the engine and problems with the contractors that don't, you know, they come in not knowing the engine, they have to learn the engine and then it puts everybody behind that. They basically said, you know what? Screw this. Uh, we're just going to move everything to unreal five and go from there. And there's already supposedly a game in development called Project Tatanka, not not to be confused with the wrestler. And probably sh- I'm sure very few people got that reference. But uh, you know, still, at least they're they got a plan. But man, they really have to make sure they stick the landing on that one because I don't think they can screw up Halo again. Yeah, but 
I, I think the the problem with Halo, it seems initially, at least with the Infinite, was the reliance on contractors. Yeah. Like, art contractors are one thing. Like, if you just need to make some maps or make, you know, make make us a nice-looking building, that's one thing. But, like, they were having contractors for, contractors for programming. And that seems to be one of the problems with uh, that co-op mode yeah. that never officially came out. Is like, they had contractors, and it wasn't quite done. And it's like, well we can't sign these guys again or they took other jobs and now we can't fucking finish it. Yeah. Get those people back or, you know, do the work. But it, it, not to mention that, but it's just like, wow, I get it. This is the engine that you use for Halo, but it's like your engine is that don't know if to say outdated or just not easy to develop for that. You have two modes that could help Halo Infinite's multiplayer actually progress and you can't do that because halo you can't because of this engine that was the old problem with uh destiny one is like the engine was so like hard to use or like finicky that destiny two had to come out because we can't work in this engine anymore (laughs) yeah i mean it's interesting that they were going to as you know this project tonka thing with certain affinity was supposed to be a battle royale a halo battle royale and that didn't um, happen that, or maybe it's still going to happen, and they're just going to push off, you know, push off um, single player stuff off of that. Or I'm not sure. Are they going to reboot the series again? Are we going to go off the story of Infinite? Because I mean, again, the story was really good. I really liked the pilot. I liked uh, the weapon. I thought Master Chief, you know, came back with a vengeance in this one. So it'd be cool if they you know, follow that, but I'm worried they're going to do a reboot again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We'll see. I mean, with, with, a, with a, with a franchise that has a single character primarily, it's hard to keep going back to that. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, they tried with halo five and it didn't work, but I wonder if they're going to feel obligated that they have to have master chief involved in this one too, until they feel comfortable enough. Right. To offshoot it. But that'll be something that's certainly in the future. But if you want to know what's coming out soon for your Xbox and Game Pass, uh, we did get a few announcements at this um, Microsoft Developer Direct. They Everything got a release date except for Forza Motorsport. And that was the most interesting one that didn't because that's technically your, you would say, is your flagship franchise of all the games that you have announced here uh, so it leads yeah it's not the elder scrolls online <laughs> no it's definitely not uh so that is uh it, it's leading a lot of people to believe that it, it's probably maybe going to come out in the summer now instead of it everything that was supposed to be shown was supposed to i think come out like prior to june 30th right if i'm not mistaken due to the you know, the next 12 months thing that they did last year. Yeah. So it's it doesn't have a release date. We'll see, I guess, maybe August or something for Forza Motorsport. But, man, that that game looked great, though. <laughs> like, all the tech and stuff that they kept talking about, being behind it and everything, like, definitely they talked to a big game. For Forza or for the whole yeah, for Forza. I yeah. mean, for, for Forza Motorsport, the, you know. I, I don't know. I'm just, I find those motorsport games to be a little aimless. Uh, so they talked about, like, trying to have more of a career. And that, that might be interesting. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of technical things that, obviously, they will be able to showcase with the new console. and. Um, look at our paint jitters. Yeah, look at the way the paint moves and the dirt moves and the the all these tracks the way that the sun hits them and uh everything else it's i'm sure it will be great and people big car enthusiasts will love it uh just not my kind of game quite honestly but didn't you play uh yeah. horizon 5 or not? yeah i loved horizon 5 See, yes that, that's the thing is i think people at this point like the more open world forza games or you're not just racing in the Nurburgring constantly or crap like that. 
Yeah, because that, that's the thing is this is a lot of oh you're racing on a track and oh, yeah, everything I, looks I, so pretty. Like that's what I was kind of saying is like yeah, it's just forces basically pick a track from a menu, pick a car from a menu, and hit go. And there's no exploring or even like open world or anything. It's, it's like you know Gran Turismo. Yeah, there it's I mean there's a lot of cars. Uh, again, a lot of the technical aspects or whatever they're talking about are going to look cool and everything. Um, but you still have the whole prospect of you're still driving uh, this yeah. car in a very simulaic fashion uh, and isn't necessarily going to appeal to everybody. Again, like this looks cool in a trailer and everything, but, you know, it's just definitely not going to be uh, my thing. But that was the only thing that didn't get a release date. Uh, everything else uh, did get one. So the f- the first thing aside from the game that got shadow dropped, which all of you know at this point, Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, I will talk about that in a second. When I, I'm just going to go into talking about the game and my thoughts on the game after we get done with this part here. So um, Minecraft Legends, I think, is the first game that's going to be coming out of all this stuff that got announced here. Uh, April 23rd uh, for that game. It's an action strategy game. Developed by Mojang and Blackbird. Um, the graphics look cool. Uh, actually, almost uh, looks like HD 2D, uh, quite frankly. Um, they showed off the your enemies. So it's like PvPVE is what they called it, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, did you have any interest in this at all beforehand? Or did this do anything no. for you when... But I think it's interesting that the hard space shipbreaker guys are working on it. Yeah, um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that Minecraft keeps you know making like spinoff games, and uh, you had the Minecraft Dungeons previously. Uh, you know now you have this, so I I'm down for them trying to like give this a story and. And do all that. It's it's interesting. I just I think if you don't have any attachment to Minecraft, I still think that this is not gonna do much for that because uh, it's still Minecraft at its core, right? Um, but still neat that they can do this, and you have such a big franchise like Minecraft that you can uh, have these games, and it is on Game Pass. So heck, you know, I might try it and see how it goes. Uh, just again, I'm not. Uh, big on doing things in multiplayer, and I don't really know anybody personally that plays Minecraft. So, yeah, uh, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, my my kid preferred like Roblox and things like that. I I tried to get her into Minecraft, but that was uh, wound up not being her thing, uh, honestly. So we'll we'll definitely have to kind of leave that to be what it is. Uh, you got the next expansion of Elder Scrolls Online as well, which not even going to get into the fact that neither of us play ESO. Not so, look, it could be a great game. Just uh, for me, it's a time thing. Uh, and if I was going to pick a MMO to play, I'd definitely play Final Fantasy fourteen, probably over it. But uh, hey, you know what? This thing's been going on for, what, nine years? Uh, credit to them for continuing to keep making this. And what they say that they made everything free for a while on Game Pass, the, right. all the expansions and all the updates and everything. So uh, get on them for doing that. Uh, I, I'm sure you doesn't particularly nope do much for you there. I was kind of surprised what's still going on personally, but <laughs> yeah. And I guess you get a new character class, the Necrom, uh, as well that you can play as. It actually comes yeah. out March 13th on PC, so uh, about a month away, and then March 28th on consoles. And the other big game that they talked about, which they needed to talk about because in the early part of the year, this is their big game, uh, Redfall. Yeah, uh, We got about 10 minutes of gameplay for Redfall. You know, uh, the fact that you can play it solo... Uh, helped me a lot. I thought it was going to be exclusively like co-op, like we've seen so many of these right. co-op games uh, come out. Um, so I'm glad it can be played solo. Apparently, you cannot play it without an internet connection solo. Uh, so that might be a bummer for some people there. 
did you what did you think of like what you saw? Uh, I thought it looked okay, but like I kept seeing compared, and that makes me a little more hesitant. And also, yeah. like all the stupid vampire god bullshit. It's like Christ, quit leaning into this. Like, just make this kind of a spooky world. That's good enough. Not if you yeah. take on these vampire gods. Like, oh, scary. Well, I, I guess they wanted to keep make it feel like you had uh, more gameplay like aspects to look forward to there. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, the big bosses and uh, right. all that. Um, yeah, I, the, I, I think the story stuff is going to be kind of secondary in this case. It, I mean, Arcane uh, does great story stuff, as we saw with Deathloop and uh, the Dishonored games, but, uh, and Prey as well. But this being more co-op focused, I think it's going to be a second secondary thing. Uh, I like the ability stuff that looked interesting. I like that they do give you the different ways to play as you get most of these arcane games and the release date May 2nd. So it's, it's coming pretty soon. Uh, You are going to have to have a Bethesda.net account apparently as far as now to be able to play it. But I mean, I guess that's the least of your worries really. So right now it looks like Redfall might be pretty good. Uh, being their big game for those first few months until Starfield comes out, you, you would assume anyway. So there's that. I I thought overall, uh, you know, if you include the Shadow Drop of Hi-Fi Rush, I thought it was a pretty good direct thing. Um, it's good for them, I feel like, to have things that are different than just those big bombastic announcement shows that we get like around the summertime yeah uh, so if we get like another one of these i'm i'm cool with that i mean, what did you think as a person that's not like an xbox uh yeah i thought it was fine hmm. the, you know they uh yeah high in life or not high in life whatever that game high fi uh, rush no no i meant the when they shadow dropped uh yeah high fi rush okay yeah i mean that looked cool uh and fours looked okay but you know they just they can't really innovate on that too much. Yeah, I know. So, uh, is what it is. Yeah, I would say like two of those games are a wash to me. You know, uh, Elder Scrolls and Minecraft, and the other three might be okay. Two of them look okay, and the one looked really good. Yeah. Uh, so, I think the, honestly, unless you're a big Arcane fan, I think the star of the show is, uh, and will be from this developer direct is Hi-Fi Rush. Um, for one, you have Shin Mikami, uh, Shin Mikami, Shinji Mikami show up in this video introducing it. Yeah, and he's he even says like we're known for like scary games like Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo, and then we're making this, which is like the total opposite of what you would expect in from Tango GameWorks to make. But it's cool that apparently this has been involvement since 2017, like before Microsoft bought Bethesda. Um, and then the fact that they just like put this out and allowed it to become this phenomenon on on social media, and it's the big, the first big, I guess, like beloved game of of 2023 where everybody has played it, and you can play it. It's on Game Pass, on PC Game Pass. Uh, it actually apparently did. Now, let's put the caveat that it's forty dollars cheaper, but apparently it it did really well to the point where it outdid Forspoken on yeah. Steam. Uh, so, and you're not going to, even if it's $30 and not 70, you're still not going to buy a game, uh, just to buy it. You're going to buy a game because it has really good word of mouth. And well, apparently yeah, Forspoken has some like, na- like the PC version of Forspoken is like nasty. <laughs> yeah. That too. Issues, so, but I mean, that doesn't, it's not helped by the fact that Forspoken has really bad vibes associated with it as far as like people just. I don't really hear a lot of positive things. I hear a lot of, okay, this game's not the worst thing in the world, but it's yeah. also not great. And when you release a game at $70, when that's all you have to say about it, it's not good. It's It it it, it um, gives everybody the reason why we're not okay with the $70 thing, because when you say a game is $70, you're expecting quality. 
You know, you're not expecting, oh, it's, oh, it's middling. Oh, there's problems with it. Oh, um, the story's kind of whack, you know. Tell that to the Callisto Protocol. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, the Callisto Protocol also suffered from that as well. But getting on to Hi-Fi Rush here. So it's a rhythm action game. Um, What I love about the game, and look, I love rhythm games. I've talked about how much I love Rock Band on this show over the years. I'm going to talk about in the next part another rhythm music game uh, that I'm also been playing, but Rap there's the a rapper. difference. Oh, <laughs> there's a difference uh, thing when you get into these rhythm action games, right? Because you can get into things like uh crypto the necro dancer that can actually be really hard to get a hold of the beat. And so therefore you can't really progress much in that game because you're not catching the beat. Yeah. This game makes it extremely easy for you to just play it as an action game. It has great 90s and 2000s music, by the way. It's all licensed tracks. Um, So there's that, which, again, the music is is great. And then you have this, like, awesome art style. It looks like you're you're playing a cartoon. So uh, the characters match that. Um, Chai's is funny the writing is really good i love 808 the robotic cat um i like the fact that the whole world is about the rhythm right but it doesn't everything hits on the beat so even if you're off beat your attacks still hit on the beat you're not going to get all the amazing like special scores and all that or get to do special attacks but you can still play the game and um and they do have like this little thing that you can put in that helps you uh, show you where the beat is and ha- when you have to hit it. And it makes I mean, it satisfying to where when you do hit it, it's fun, you know? It's like that uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer or uh, Cadence of Hyrule game. Yeah. Um, but I still have problems with not Cadence of Hyrule, but the Crypt of the Necrodancer, the original, and sometimes like losing the beat or it's really easy to not. Uh, catch it and then my guy would be stuck there and he'd die like you don't have that problem in this game you could still play it as an action game if you just are not a rhythm game person and that's very appreciative when you put all the other stuff on top of it the characters the the art style the platforming maybe isn't so great uh and sometimes there's a little bit too much of it to be fair um, but I've really enjoyed that game. I haven't been able to play as much of it as I want to because of the the other games like I'm reviewing and then uh, playing the the demo of of uh, the theater rhythm. So, but it look from what I've played and getting to meet some of the other characters in the game too, they're all great. Uh, the bosses are fun. There are these like big bosses that you fight, and um, so yeah, and. I, I didn't feel like, I mean, yeah, the, the game can get a little bit challenging at times, uh, but it's not something where it's like, oh, man, I'm just not getting this. And uh, like, OK, the, the difference between this and Metal Hellsinger, right? Metal Hellsinger, I just I couldn't. Uh, number one, because death metal is just not my thing. Uh, but number two is just it, I couldn't get it like i couldn't get on the beat to be able to shoot the characters and then it's like it's really weird when you're playing like a doom type game where you're used to like oh my god okay my whole thing is to try to kill everything as fast as possible it doesn't necessarily look like people that get that game and really like it cool but for me it just didn't jive with when you have like another doom like that came out on game pass called proteus that does play more like doom and you didn't have the rhythm aspect and it was a lot more fun for me. This game, number one, it has music that I enjoy, which makes that um, a, a better thing. But even when I, I listen to the streamer mode, stream, listen on streamer mode just to hear what the original songs sound like, and they're really good too. So yeah. either way, you get really good music to vibe to, whether you actually are able to hit stuff and beat or not, doesn't matter. You still enjoy the game. And I definitely think it deserves the the early you know, being on people's game of the year list praise because it's it's well uh, in that range. It's very fun. I mean, it's a lot. It looks like a new version of like Jet Set Radio. Yeah, it looks a lot like Jet Set Radio. I got some Sunset Overdrive vibes. Yeah. Uh, as well, um, a little bit of like Guitar Man in there. 
people who remember that game. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think this is cool that you have like a, a pet project that got made. It came out and was so well received. Um, I don't know about the whole like talk about, oh, this could be Xbox's new mascot and all no, of that dope. stuff. I don't know about that. I mean, maybe, maybe 808 could whatever but uh could the, could this have a sequel i think like let's just let this be and enjoy it we're still in february for god's sakes like um there's still games that are going to come out like let's get through like the first half of the year before we start proclaiming this the next uh godsend of a video game or whatever but i think for what it is um and how much i've enjoyed it i I'm really probably good. it's going to be there still when I think about this year so far, but I think, you know, let's, let's stop trying to proclaim this like the next savior for Xbox or whatever right now, but no doubt with what we just talked about previously, where everything seems to be negative around them and this acquisition's not going well and everything, it is nice for Xbox to have a good thing said about yep. them, or, you know? Uh, we go from this to I'm going to just end the news here and then we'll talk about you playing Fire Emblem Gage and then whatever else before we close it. Uh, sure. Going from one company that's been having trouble to another company that's been having trouble, um, Ubisoft uh, had some news come out about it that was sort of positive uh, this week. And one of them is the fact that the crew lives, Mark. Great. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was going to be your response. Uh, the Crew Motorfest. So it's not called the Crew 3. Uh, it's the Crew Motorfest. It's all based in Hawaii. It seems to be more going for the like party vibes or it has some Forza Horizon feel to it. Um, I mean, that's essentially what the crew two was also. <laughs> yeah. But this is all centered in one area instead of like, Oh, let's give you a million freaking uh, vehicles to drive. Right. Like, Oh, we're not going to give you the boat and the airplane and the, whatever, like the crew two, we're just going to focus it on cars Don't and one location. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it will. Uh, but I mean, Sometimes to their benefit or detriment, whatever you want to call it, Ubisoft is very stubborn when it comes to their franchises and and everything don't, else. Don't um, worry, it's going to be the game that turns it all around for them. Their fortunes yeah. are clear from from here on in. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, so this is made by Ubisoft's Ivory Tower studio, and they're actually based in Hawaii, so... Uh, that's also why I guess the setting is done there. Photorealistic. Yeah. <laughs> Just go outside. But, in our office. <laughs> right. Uh, look, there's a, when, when you, we just talked about Forza, right. With Microsoft, um, uh, Sony's going to have the Grand Turismo come on their VR thing, which they've slashed the, the expectations for that apparently. So like, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of car games, so yeah, I think even for car enthusiasts, there's only like certain games that you're gonna decide to spend your time with. Uh and especially if this is gonna cost like sixty, seventy dollars, I mean, you really gotta think about it. <laughs> you know. I like yeah. the initial concept of the first the crew. I'm not gonna lie. I, I actually liked it. I kind of enjoyed some time with it, but I wasn't a big fan of the crew two, and then you know we'll get this game. Let's see what happens. But I mean, the crew one was basically Assassin's Creed on cars, and yeah. the crew two was like more, much more of like an actual racing game. But that stupid multidiscipline thing that no one, no one likes or cares about. Yep. So, I mean, how many game, how many times must the franchise fail before they just give up on it? I guess this is it, right? This is the the last hurrah. We brought it back. We're going to give it one more go and see what the crew motor fest yeah. uh, has in store. Um, you know, the terrain looks all, all everything about the Island looks great. Uh, you're going to have some legendary vehicles. The test drive team is working on it. So it's going to feel different than the other crew games. 
Uh, they're going to do a closed beta test on PC, or they are doing one. Uh, we'll see, I guess, what comes out of that. If there's any like thoughts or feelings, if they're not under like some kind of NDA, yeah. but yeah, nah. I mean, Ubisoft is doing it, so whatever. They're also, do- they're also doing Far Cry Seven. Yeah, well, I mean, did you expect anything less, Mark? <laughs> that they're developing Far Cry Seven. Uh, they're uh, also developing a standalone Far Cry multiplayer game, Mark. <laughs> I was, I was hoping for no. I was hoping they'd say no. <laughs> um. So apparently, Far Cry Seven is being made with the same engine that they make uh, the Division, the Snowdrop engine. Which I don't yeah. know if that's good or bad. I, I can't uh, anymore. <laughs> apparently, they're also using it for the Avatar game as well. But uh which which celebrity yeah. will they get to you know be the bad guy instead of actually fixing the game this time? <laughs> Apparently, they're going to both come out in 2025. Uh, the multiplayer game is a extraction-based shooter set in Alaska. Um, I, I'm sorry, just making me think about Ubisoft Extraction. Uh, the, yeah. the Rainbow Six Extraction doesn't give me great feelings <laughs> right <laughs> now. So, yeah. Like I no, like this. This, this is a franchise that seems to go away for like a a, de- a decade. You know, at least half a decade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's so many, there's so many other g- franchises or games yeah. that could be putting out, and they're like, "I'm not gonna shovel out another Far Cry game." I mean, like, why wouldn't we make sure we finish development on like Beyond Good and Evil Two and Splinter Cell and other things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because before we do another Far Cry, I don't know. I mean, we got all these Assassin's Creed games in development, like, yeah, just. I guess they have to put out something about the franchises that people know that they like, that they right. that Ubisoft doesn't screw up most of the time. So I guess that's the reason. But man, just I, I mean, wish I was hoping that they would just not. If they actually said like, "Here's here's Putting Ourselves coming out in 2025. Here's a video of it. That'd be cool." Right. But then going here's Far Cry Seven. You know, this time it takes place in Midgar. Uh, and you get to play as a spiky-haired guy with a sw- sword. Uh, it, should, <laughs> it, you know, I, I just looked at that announcement. I'm like, dear God, no, please stop. Yeah, definitely could do without. Could yeah. definitely do without uh, another Far Cry. But something a lot of people are happy to have out there is the 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 first big game from Nintendo. Uh, this year, finally, engage. Um, yep. It's it's been out for a few weeks, and you've been playing it. How do you feel about? Are, are you engaging with engage? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's not as good as, as three hopes or uh, three ho- or three houses. Sorry. Three three houses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the social aspect is toned down. It's not gone, but it's toned down like significantly. the The biggest problem with the game. I think overall is it throws like way too many characters at you. Cause one thing about three uh, houses I liked was like you got in a house and you had like nine, eight or nine like characters to start with. And you pretty much use those characters for most of the game. I mean, you, you could get more and they'd be better probably, but you still kept like most of those characters with you. And I'm in like chapter six, I think of this game and I have like 20 characters and it's like, yeah, no offense to, John, like this, like John is like this uh, kid doctor you can recruit. He starts at, like level one, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm gonna level this guy up to like lo- to be like anywhere near my current level, which is like twelve or thirteen, because it's just gonna take fucking forever." And every time you get like a new chapter, you get like three or four new units, and I'm like, "Holy Christ!" Like, I I don't know who half these characters are at this point. Yeah, uh, that's something that is a common thread that I keep hearing is that there are constantly new characters, new heroes thrown at you. Yeah. And it gets to the point where a lot of them do a lot of them kind of tend to be the same class or do do the same thing or kind of like, yeah, like you got like, you know, Oh, this, this character has a longer bow attack or, you know, this character, uh, it's funny. There's not really a ton of like just sword using characters. Like of the twenty characters I have, 
like the main character uses a sword and that's about it. Right. Everyone else like uses like, you know, their fists or an axe or, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a lot of cross, you know, characters just kind of two or three characters per role, I would say. Uh, one thing that's funny is like one of the starting characters you got is a guy named Vander who is like an older mm-hmm. character. He's on a horse. And I thought like he was like more leveled up than he is. Cause like when I first started, started first using him, he was like taking out like almost the entire map by himself. And then I was like, no, he's not like level three. And it's like, wait a second. Why can he take on like level, level 12 guys? <laughs> like this seems a bit odd. So are the powers that you get also like super overpowered or somewhat? Yeah. Is... Like some, like you get these engage rings, which are like, Oh, when I can use the persona or the spirit of past Fire Emblem characters, like, you know, oh, I got the Martha ring. Uh, and you can only use it at, like, you use it and you can only, it's only active for like three turns. Okay. But it's, it's pretty overpowered. Like, some characters, you know, get like healing spells, like, if, even if they aren't a healing class, uh, like the Marth spell or the Marth ring gives you like, uh, a multi-hit attack, which pretty much like decimates anything it hits, uh, and you can like recharge the powers at like special squares in the map. But and there's, there's a whole weapon uh, trifecta from like past games. Like swords are better than axes, but axes take out lances, and lances can take out swords, like that type of thing. But right, it's not really a factor. At least like I'm playing on like just normal with. I play on like casual because I don't like. I don't like the idea of permadeath in a game like that. Uh, oh. I mean, you can rewind time as well, but uh, but it's so you're playing like, with no permadeath, but you're playing on like the normal difficulty. Yeah, yeah, right. But it, I mean, it is kind of a factor because like if you get if you do get hit by by uh, something you're weak against, you can't like retaliate or you can't counterattack. But that's about it. And certain characters can, like I said, just decimate anything, even if they are weak against a char- like a different class. The only exception is armored units are very devastating. Uh, but if, if you have a few magic characters, they they fall like a piece of paper, you know. I do the enemy characters also get these engaged powers? Yeah, whatever, uh, I've run it? into a few a few characters that have them. Uh, and like you get them, like the, I guess like the rings get corrupted or something. Uh, the story is not really clicking with me that much. Uh, the main character is kind of interesting, but it's just so involved. Uh, you picked a uh, male earlier, I'm guessing. I picked the, I picked the chick. Okay, the, the female one. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what do you do aside? So like when you're not in battles or whatever. So do like you do, you do have you basically do have like the home base equivalent. It's called like the Somnial or Somnahel or something like that. Okay. You turn around, you pick up stuff. Uh, you can gift items to characters or certain characters. You pick up a lot of horse shit, and I'm not kidding. Uh, <laughs> and then you can like gift it to people, and they're they're like, no one wants it. So it's like, why, why had like I guess it's like a joke, but it's not funny. It's like everyone's like, oh, why right. are you giving me horse crap? Or like, you're above you're you're above this, and I'm like, well, yeah, but it's clogging up my inventory, so. I can't just drop it, I don't think, so you take it. Right. Uh, you can go fishing. Uh, I can train. Like, there's a few simple, like, mini-games to, like, do push-ups or do, you know, stuff like that, which gives you bonuses. You can eat with, you know, some of your party, which, you know, raises the bond level. Uh, yeah, you know, the usual kind of Fire Emblem stuff. But it's just, like... Again, it's the problem of like I have so many characters that it's hard for me to keep track of what's going on, or like you know to, to form a bond with characters, you know. Right. So, um, do you feel like does any of that stuff really help you, or is it just all there to kind of pass time? Or? Uh, I mean, the the uh, mini games can can help you because it's like oh now you have plus five HP for this battle or something like that, but. Well, obviously, I just started past time. I mean, you said that the social aspect was like toned down. So, like compared to three houses, where people, a lot of people like three houses, right? They they came into the series with three houses. Yeah, so and not going into this game. Yeah, 
Like, does that bother you that the the social aspects are toned down, or? Well, like the Sonic Hill is like a much smaller area than the academy was, which is a probably a good thing because getting around that academy in three houses got draining after a while. But the, I think the problem is like a lot of these characters you're you have are they don't have much of a personality, or it's like very surface level, and I don't think. Maybe there is, but I've yet to see a bond between like two characters. Like they do, they do kind of rank up, but I I haven't seen like a conversation between like two other characters besides you know a character talking to my to my my main character. And there is something in there that does that, but it just takes a while to unlock, I guess. But yeah, it's just the fact that you like you know in three houses there were such defined characters or like so memorable characters, and then this is kind of like cannon fodder. Dang, that's uh, I said to on that. It's not bad. It's not like completely bad because, like, I mean, if you want more, this is a, I think, a much more tactical game, right? Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's just kind of odd, you know. So, how are you feeling on it, like, overall? So, you don't like it as much as Three Houses? Yeah, I mean, I'd say Three Houses is like a nine game, I mean, probably even nine or ten to me, and it's probably like an eight. The one thing this okay. does is it it is better looking. I don't know about performance, but like it looks a little nicer. Yeah, the art style definitely is pops more. Yeah, although the main hair. character, like I hate, well, both male or female, but I hate the hair. It's so stupid. <laughs> the Aquafresh. Yeah, <laughs> toothpaste color. Right. Um, I mean, it definitely uh, gets your attention, but aside from that. It's... It's just so it's just so uh, like manufactured or so right, you know, built by design, built by committee. Ugh. Yeah, definitely can understand that. Uh, anything else you've been playing you want to mention here? From last week, or? I picked up a copy of uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, the Japanese version. Oh, all right. That's cool. Yeah, that's always cool. You can't go wrong with Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Uh, a- anything you picked up while you were on your trek there yeah, I'll, I'll get in that next 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 show <laughs> on the next show okay yeah so that's gonna be it for this part one episode um we will have a part two if you're watching live you can basically just wait i'd say like 10 15 minutes i gotta write a description here and then uh we will be talking i'll be talking about three of them uh final i forget that the final fantasy name is not in that the Rhythm Final Bar Line demo that's out on Switch and PS4. Um, Marcus will be talking about the stuff that he he got there. We'll be talking about uh, why the big three are not going to E3 2023 and what that means for the show. All of the multiplayer live service games that are getting shut down uh, very soon, which that seemed to be a very big theme for this week. Uh, Amazon doing a tomb raider series and we'll also give our thoughts on the last two episodes of the last of us show which i know by the time you're going to be hearing watching this you'll have episode four but we still got to give our thoughts on episode two and three um and yeah maybe a few more things in there too so plenty to look forward to go hop on to the next episode here really quick and we'll see you there